comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. There's a world beyond the one we know, where the powers of darkness fear nothing but one man. Hey everyone, welcome to Comic Logic. I'm your host Joe, and with me is always my co-host Kevin. Hello. And today we're talking about the Matrix-tastic. <laughs> today we are talking about Blade Two. <laughs> the Guillermo del Toro, the Lost Matrix, fourth Matrix <laughs> the movie. Fourth Matrix movie. Oh, this movie, this this weird anomaly of a movie. It's so bizarre on so many levels. But I, I'll start off this podcast uh, with the same little thing that we start off every one of our podcasts with. Kevin, what did you know about the Marvel Comics, Marvel Comic Universe's vampires? That's mm. vampire, Nosferatu, the walking undead. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we, we, we talked a little while ago about the first Blade movie, which we yeah. both were, you know, more or less on board with. It was... It was what it was. It definitely had its own kind of thing going on. Yes, but there's a whole mythology to Marvel Comics vampires. Okay. Because as we all know, vampires and common, you know, this universe's folklore are, are wide and varied and different. You know, mm. you have the, the Western idea of the vampire is inspired by Bram Stoker and, um, you know, made famous in Nosferatu and Bram Stoker's mm. Dracula. <laughs> the, the the lost classic Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> the forgotten, the forgotten. Well, um, that was um, uh, what's his name? I can't wait. Can't think of it. Francis Ford Coppola. Oh directed yeah, sure. Dracula. Oh, God. I know. I know. Not to mention we, we've talked. I, I've mentioned. I've, I've, I'm on record here as saying that I absolutely hate that movie, and that's <laughs> that's still true. Not to mention um, the numerous Hammer horror films, but there's also the Eastern European vampires, which are a little different, and you could go all the way to Asia and have their vampire. Or, South, or Africa has their own version of vampires. Mm -hmm. Marvel Comics has their own vampires as well. <laughs> sure. Their history... The nation of Marvel Comics. The nation of Marvel Comics. The race of vampires first appeared in the pre-cataclysmic era before the sinking of Atlantis and Lemuria, circa 18,500 B.C., where the Atlantean cult of Darkholders used the power of the Cthone Scrolls in order to oppose King King Cull, who had slain their leader, Thulsa Doom. Oh, yeah, that's right. Also made famous... I forgot about that. <laughs> made famous in the movie, Conan the Barbarian. Ah. This is all Conan stuff, because in the Marvel Comics universe, Conan was part of the Marvel Comics universe. I see. Because they held the rights to, to print out the comics for a very long time. Mm. Um, the result of Darkholders used them... Uh, use these powers to found the vampire race with himself as vampire lord. Um, oh, there was Varney, one of their own, who did this. And uh, he did that until 1459 when he was tired of, of ages long existence. Varney chose Dracula as his successor as Lord of Earth's vampires. Oh. Blah, Dracula. <laughs> I am honored. I am honored. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's too much for me. <laughs> I will do my best to fill your shoes. <laughs> but you have to stop wearing this cape. 
<laughs> no one wears capes. It's 1459. Living in now, man. <laughs> wow, he's classy. Um, Dracula retained this title for nearly unbroken reign until Earth Sorcerer Supreme, Dr. Stephen Strange, a.k.a. Dr. Strange, oh. a.k.a. Brenny DeBrook Cumberbatch, um, uncovered a mystical spell called the Montessi formula, which would banish all vampires from this dimension. Ironically, this spell was found within the Dark Hold. The name, the same mystical text containing the spells used to create vampires in the first place. But that's kind of the history of Marvel's vampires. They they basically follow the same kind of Western folklore that we do, where garlic, silver, crucifixes, light. Um, you, they can't come into your house without asking permission first. That sort of thing, you know, mm. it's, as made famous in the Lost Boys. <laughs> Which, yeah. which started another another old grizzled vampire hunter, too. <laughs> that grandpa, he was the best. I see now. You've been training for two years to take me out. And now here I am. Ooh, it's exciting, isn't it? Okay, here's your chance. Come on. Come on, what are you waiting for? Here I am, right in front of you. It off here gets the first shot. Come on, what are you looking at her for? You need permission? Or maybe you need a little bit of incentive, huh? Okay, I got that. What's the matter? You miss that? It's okay, I can do it again. All right, Kevin. So, can you lead us through Blade 2? Uh, I can try. <laughs> um, Somewhere in the former Yugoslav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... You know, we 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 do the thing where uh, you know movie sequels. We, we we weren't quite doing the 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 MCU thing where nothing was other than the Iron Man movies. Everything now has like a subtitle and all of that. So yeah. this is just Blade Two. It's just a straightforward sequel, and so you've got uh, but the Wesley two- Snipes leading us through a recap <laughs> of the first movie, like previously in the yeah. Blade movies. Previously on Blade. <laughs> So it's uh, what do we what do, what do we open up? What's the well, opening it, scene? We, the opening we, scene in uh, well, the, we're, looks like a train station or yeah, something. Yeah, Blade is trying to track down Whistler because well, Whistler was so before. Yeah. No, because opening scene is the 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 it, it looks like a like a subway station. Or oh, something like oh that. yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's yeah, where yeah. The, uh, this guy who is clearly too sick yeah. to be donating blood, uh, <laughs> probably homeless. He's hacking up, you know, yeah. whatever, and. Uh, you know, another homeless guy is like, oh, they pay you cash for, for blood. And you're like, well, it's, it's a Blade movie. These are clearly <laughs> vampires. This is clearly a trap. Yeah. And they lead him into this back room and they say, oh, you've got a rare phenotype in your yeah. blood. We've never seen it before. So they're going to do experiments on him. And it's very bad. Only it turns out that he's some sort of creature. And his face does a thing and he kills all the vampires. And he says, I hate vampires. <laughs> I hate me some vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And uh, but yes, and then we, we get what's Blade been up to for the last couple of years. <laughs> Took up macrame. <laughs> Blade's been running around looking for Chris Christopherson, a.k.a. Whistler. <laughs> He's been looking, looking for Whistler, I think was the name of Chris Christopherson's <laughs> second album. It was, actually. It's very good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Who's now being helped by Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know his name. In his real name life. is Norman Norm- Reedus. Norman Reedus. He's thank one you. of the guys from uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Yeah, this yeah. is pre Walking Dead, of course. Yes, post Boondock Saints, which is a mo- movie that Kevin and I both agree is one of the most highly overrated movies of all time. 
definitely uh, the kind of movie you like when you're young and don't know any better. Yeah. And then you realize it's crass and juvenile <laughs> revenge fantasy and uh, really poorly made. Yeah. It, it, was, it was popular along with uh, um, Texas Hold'em. Like, I can see Texas Hold'em. <laughs> exactly. And Boondock Saints. Yeah. That describes my 2001 to 2004. There you go. <laughs> so he's tracking down Whistler, and he's able to find him. He's being suspended in a, 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 a tube of blood. Finds him fairly easily. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I guess yeah. it took him a while to get to that point. Yeah, two but, years. Yeah. Two years. And they, uh, they take him, and Blade has a cure for his vampirism. Just has it. Sure. Yep. I think it's it's... Probably related to whatever they found at the end of Blade One. Yeah, yeah, that that thing that they used to kill Stephen Dorf, right? Which didn't do a good enough job because Stephen Dorf is still around. Mm-hmm. Um, they take Chris Christopherson and put him in a, a room. It's actually just you take Dayquil and Nyquil and you mix them together. Oh, like crossing the streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you just get Quill. Yeah. You just get Quill. <laughs> Dayquil, Nyquil. Day and night cancel out. Yeah, it's, it's give him a dose of Quill. You give him a dose of the Quill. <laughs> um, maybe yeah, they put him in a room. And he's detoxing out of the vampire stuff. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's so stupid. It's like it's so melodramatic and dumb. Like yeah. having him like clean out. And this is of course the problem with having movies pre MCU and what they kind of started out is that everything you did in the first movie that you're like, oh crap, we shouldn't have done in this movie. Yeah, I guess we had to kind of erase it a little bit. Yeah, it's just like well, we decided that we wanted him back. Yeah. And instead of making the movie. Or even, like, the first part of the movie, his rescue, it's just, like, an opening scene, and then yeah. he gets rescued, and then they're like, okay, now we can move on to other things. We can move on to this yes. monster face. Because Chris Christopherson comes out, and he just starts swearing at Daryl, and yeah. swearing at Blade, just being Chris Christopherson. Yeah. I have a running thing with Kevin on this, and that Chris Christopherson didn't even read the script. He just showed up and thought he was actually fighting vampires. <laughs> it's just another day. <laughs> yeah, another day killing vampires. <laughs> doing this since 84 it's like when i killed hank williams senior for being a vampire <laughs> he, he wasn't a vampire yes he was god damn it <laughs> um and then all of a sudden uh snake eyes from gi joe and another snake eyes from gi joe show up right doing like moomin shots uh aerial artwork aerial dancing in uh some uh what is that not carnival what's the the, the oh the Cirque, Cirque, soleil, Cirque stuff. soleil stuff oh yeah showing up and you know they they land and they fight blade and then they fight to a standstill and it turns mm-hmm. out that it's a vampire who's saying blade we need you to come help us because i am eastern european he's okay yeah <laughs> and blade's like all right we'll go help you yeah and they go to find and they go they, they talk to a really old vampire guy and it turns out that there's a new type of vampire out there, a yeah. super vampire. The monster face guy is, they're calling him a reaper. A reaper. Which, not sure why. It's not a little really catchy. Explained, super vampire is better. Yeah, super vampire is better. <laughs> it's like some kind of super vampire. <laughs> I don't know it why they... explains so much more than reaper. Exactly. Reaper like, definitely sounds like this it should be a totally different thing. I yeah. don't understand. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So there's these like the more you know they're they're super evolved, but then they're also or not really evolved. But they they have this disease that's a genetic mutation, as they they explain yeah. to us. They're the next them next evolution be, of vampires. Yeah, and they're and it turns out I don't think they know this just yet, but it turns out that uh, this one's immune to silver, all of the standard yeah. trappings and weaknesses: garlic, silver. Um, although the UV light 
Yes. Still causes them to explode. 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 <laughs> causes their head explode. And once again, no Italian vampires in this entire movie because of the garlic thing. I don't think they'd be able to survive. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that would be a problem. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't. This is awful. I'm dying here. But how am I else going to eat my, my, my spaghetti sauce? <laughs> you know, it's you can't put garlic in it? What the hell? <laughs> I tried. You know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. How? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It wouldn't be worth it. No, so they um they they so Blade goes to the scene from Blade One where they go to a rave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the same rave. Yeah, it's still we, going on. We learn through the vampire Nisa, who is the weird pseudo love interest in this movie, though yeah. how Wesley Snipes could ever love is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um that the vampires have adapted their ways because Blade is is hunting them down much better. Sure. So they're they're hiding their their little symbols better, like through some I don't know, like through some UV something or other. It's like some invisible ink. Like they just spray some lemon juice on it, and it yeah, it, it, I don't. It doesn't it, matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Blade's like, huh. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And then they go on from there. It's just a scene that didn't need to be in there. And it was kind of like, what is this even? What is it? This movie is very big on explaining things that are entirely unnecessary to explain. Yes. Yeah, so we also forgot to mention that uh, they they get led to a whole team of vampires who are being trained to kill Blade. Yeah, right. Uh, which Nisa is their leader. Um, we have Reinhardt, who's the only one that really matters in the entire thing, as played by Hellboy himself, Ron Perlman. Yay! Yay! Ron Perlman, who kind of looks intimidating, but he's not really that big of a guy. Like, he's a big guy, and I'm sure if I saw him, he'd be a big guy, but yet his, like, head is so big in the comparison to the rest of his <laughs> body, it just makes his arms look that much smaller. Mm. That man has a melon on him. Mm. Also, we have Ip Man, who's in there sure. fighting. The guy who played Vincent Van Gogh in Doctor Who is one of the vampires. Oh. Tony Curran. There you go. I didn't catch that. Donnie Yen is plays Ip Man. And then there's um, Expendable Guy number one and Expendable <laughs> Guy number two. I believe their names are Chupa, mm. meaning sucker in Spanish, yes. and uh, Light Hammer, which, whatever, and Light Hammer's girlfriend. Um, I, I know this far more than Kevin. Kevin did not pay attention to any of it. No, I I, I was getting up and doing stuff. <laughs> Kevin uh, was like, these are just tattooed miscreants. Yeah, it, I knew none of this had, was of any consequence. It's fine. Yes. Um. It's a there's a fun scene though where where um Ron Perlman's Reinhardt like is teasing Blade. He's like, do you blush? Yeah. And then Wesley Snipes kind of smacks him around a little bit. Yeah. And puts a bomb on the back of his head. Right. He's like, I control you now. I can (laughs) blow your head up anytime. Do it right. I control you now. (laughs) Now, I don't want to take away from your Wesley Snipes by trying to do my own Wesley Snipes. Well, always bet on black. (laughs) You know, when you have Willie Mays Hayes inside the movie, you can't go wrong. Uh... (laughs) The uh, so yeah, they go to this this rave and they're all dancing to techno music and it's just like techno 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 techno. It's a good thing we don't charge for this podcast, by the way. The system is down. We'll just keep doing this. Is down. You're really throwing in the Homestar Runner references. Do people still know what that is? That's that's. Not the first one, and of course that's exactly uh, the, this little rave is where the the reapers mm-hmm. attack. 
Um, yeah, when you get bitten, you turn into one. Yeah, which you know, I guess. Why Do not? humans get who get bitten by them turn into one? It's, it's not explained. <laughs> There's I, too many holes in this plot. I guess. <laughs> Probably. I don't see why not. Where where priest, aka Tony Cran, aka um, Vincent Van Gogh, mm-hmm. gets uh, bitten. He mm-hmm. he transforms. And they're like, oh, but we got one of them. So we are able to take him and we are able to examine what happens to him. Right. And that's another, it's one of the other things that this movie goes through the process of explaining where they're like going through the anatomy. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and then there's a neurotoxin. Yeah. So they paralyze it. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't need to know any of that he, at all it's like they it's it's kind of an interesting scene because it's it's very fun guillermo del toro body horror type stuff going on where they're able to open it up and go inside and smoosh around with all the mm-hmm. gugas but it, it really doesn't explain anything all we needed to know is, is that silver doesn't affect them yeah um you could kill them if you hit them in this weird little spot inside their chest vagina and <laughs> right uh yeah the, the only uv light works you know it's like yeah yeah, I mean, they have a pheromone, apparently. <laughs> yeah, everything always comes down to pheromone. It's like, how are they supposedly this like highly evolved, advanced, advanced thing, and then it's just like, and they're they're, they're hunting them like I don't know, like, like just dumb animals, like deer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Spray around some deer pee, <laughs> sit in a tree, and hit them with a bow and arrow. Um. Yeah, and you have this subplot going on where Whistler and Daryl Dixon are. Sp- Scud is his name in the movie. Yeah. Are uh, fighting, you know, are, are gradually coming to respect each other and their mm-hmm. abilities. Because um, Whistler's gruff, but yet he's still a fatherly figure. And Scud is, is, yeah. is, is, seems like a loser, but he actually has some hidden talent. Uh huh. Yeah. He and can they, make vampire killing they, machines and stuff, little, they, little gizmos. They make a, a light bomb, a UV light bomb. Yes. Yeah. Also called a tanning bed. Um, <laughs> sure. Like Blake could literally just take like a tanning bed and just kind of like yeah. put it in front of him and turn it on and just walk forward, <laughs> do the same damn thing. Um, so they they're what are they called? The dark? No, not the uh, the blood pack. That's what they're called. Blade and the blood pack go down to the sewers. Yeah, they're like we're gonna get them in the sewers, and when it's daytime because they're all gonna be in the sewers. So then they spray around the the pee, mm-hmm. the the reaper the pheromones, pee, pee reaper <laughs> pee. pee. Reaper P. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, oh no, something's going wrong. We're, we're all falling apart. They're all around us. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're able to set off the UV bombs, exploding all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Reinhardt and uh, um, Nisa are the only two who are able to survive. They're all picked off one by one. Yeah. Including Lightbringer and his girlfriend who opened up the light, sewer. And Lightbringer. Light, 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 light Hammer. Light Hammer. <laughs> Lightbringer is a Game of Thrones thing, right? <laughs> Lightbringer is uh, Lucifer. Ah. <laughs> that's that's what Lucifer means. But they, um, yeah, she opens up the sewer. And all of a sudden, like, ah, they burn up. Because yeah. Lighthammer got turned into one of the Reapers. Sure. Because it took, like, Tony Cran to turn, like, four hours to turn into a... a, a a reaper, but it took Lighthammer like five seconds to turn into one. I don't know. There's no consistency. In this. There's there's no art inside this movie. <laughs> there's no, no truth in this there's art. There's no truth in this Sorry. art. Yes, that's uh, what I was looking for. That's too bad. Uh, Blade's able to set off the bomb and uh, the kills off, but he's betrayed from behind and Reinhardt takes him too deep into the lair. Uh, Not before Whistler is uh, captured by, um, what's his name? I want to call him, keep calling him Nikos, but it's not Nikos. I don't Nomak. Know. Oh, Nomak. yeah. Nomak is the, the sort of the leader. Yeah. 
And uh, in the lair, that's where we find out from talking to yeah. the, uh, the, head know, the, the head vampire. I am the, the head vampire yeah. guy. Yes, he's we the should, Nosferatu guy. We should old... do that. That should be our second thing: is you do an interview with the head vampire guy. Like we'll just do that, and so you can <laughs> do a Q and A. Like I can answer all of the questions that you need. <laughs> right. I am just an old Hungarian stereotype. No, no, no. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, he's he. It's it wasn't a random thing. It random was not mutation. a disease. Yeah. It was designed. It was planned, and bum, he's trying bum, to. Bum. Yeah. So he's trying to uh, come up with the super vampires, basically eliminating their weaknesses, and you know he he he's experimenting on his own children, and it's and it's horrifying. Uh, it's, no good. And, it's like uh, a twist none of us cared or expected. Yeah. And uh also twist wise we find out that uh Scud yes. is also working for the bad guys. He's but then, Re- one of Reinhard's familiars. But then triple twist. Ah. Blade knows. No, no. And then they're able to take the little bomb that was in Reinhardt's head and it explodes in Scud's yeah. hand and he goes kaploom. Yep. He's gone. He's gone. He's dead. Just like he will be in the new season of Walking Dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, I don't know that. No, but, they're killing Michonne. That's my probably. money's in. That's, yeah, yeah that's think? my money's in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mike could be. Mike could be. Um, so yeah, they, they, they take him and, uh, they, they take Blade and they put him, like, Guy Pierce puts him in some sort of weird torture chamber. <laughs> right. It's not Guy Pierce, but he looks like Guy Pierce. Bald Guy, balding Guy Pierce. Puts him in this torture chamber to, like, drain his blood. Mm-hmm. And then Reinhardt starts toying with Whistler, which he never messed with Chris Christopherson when he's on a, when, you know, he's yeah. coming down from a bender. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, it's that, it's a very typical, like, just kill him. Just, just kill him now. Don't do this whole giving them ample opportunity to escape. Well, the, here's the problem. is Reinhardt takes him, gives him this whole speech thing, which allows Whistler to escape. And, you know, so he escapes, leaving Reinhardt alive. And it's not like he didn't have any weapons. He took all of Reinhardt's weapons, so he could have killed Reinhardt. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's dumb on both ends. Right. Um, sure. Well, <laughs> Blade gets well, shot in the leg, and he's all... It, it, well, Whistler's able to save Blade, and he's all weak. He's like, I can't, I can't go on, Whistler. Yeah. Go on without me. I need... I need blood. And so he jumps into a big vat of Welch's... <laughs> juicy juice. Yeah, juicy juice. Cran, cran apple cocktail. Crantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so great if he popped up and was like... That's crantastic. <laughs> Where he's able to take on... My UTI is cleared up. <laughs> he's able to take on a bunch of vampire goons one at a time. Oh, yeah. Until he comes up against Ron Perlman and cuts him in half. That's how we know the Reapers are so evolved, because they just swarm on you. Yeah. They don't do this one at a time thing. The dumb, you know, unevolved vampires still attack one at a time. Classic blunder. Classic blunder. And they're not even vampires. They're just dudes in masks, like in riot gear. It's like, are they vampires? Are they? Yeah, What's we don't even on? know. Are they robots? We have no idea. Are they vampire robots? Ooh. <laughs> Here's your idea. I need tungsten. Tungsten. <laughs> wow. So now that he's powered by the uh, the cran apple taste of Welch's <laughs> 100% juice cocktail, uh, <laughs> he's able to slice Reinhardt in half. Yes. From uh, you know 
from vertically, yeah, yep. which is uh, pretty oof. impressive. Yeah. Oof. Um, and, he, and then he's, so then he's he, dead. And then Whistler throws Blade his sunglasses and he catches it in midair without looking. That's the moment where this turns into a music video. That's the moment? I think that's the moment where it becomes quintessentially a music video. I think that's the moment where I, where this just... It, it la- it jumps into the laughable at that point. There's no there's no like it's not even satire at that point. It's just like this is written by a thirteen year old. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and so this whole time, uh, what's his name again? We keep wanting to call him Nikos. Now I want to call him Nikos. <laughs> Nikos, Nikos, cousin Nikos. It's um, Mikonos. It's a uh, uh, Nomak. Nomak. Oh my what gosh! What a stupid name too. Why can't we remember that? Nanook of the North. Well, that, comes, he, yeah, <laughs> comes in. No, well, so this whole time he's been, you know, trying to say like, you know, Blade, we don't really have to fight because then we're kind of on the same a, side. We can f- kill vampires. all the vampires, but of course he wouldn't just kill all the vampires. He would kill everything, and Blade knows that. And well, so I think I don't even think they have a couple of, uh, of fights. I don't even think it's that. I think that Blade is non discriminatory, non discriminatory when it comes to vampires. He doesn't care if you're a Reaper or you're just the regular vampire. He's going to kill you both. Right? Sure. He just yeah. know he yeah he knows like this isn't. And, you know, can't trust the vampire. Exactly. And Whistler's like, God damn, Blade, you can't say that about people nowadays. This is 2003. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you can't just, you know, make All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you judgments there. about <laughs> vampires. I'm going to stop you there. We're going to move on. <laughs> We're going to just not get bogged down into this right now. This bit. Uh, <laughs> we got a, we got a Blade 2 recap to, uh, to wrap up here. So, uh, it ends pretty much exactly how you would expect, although there's well, a super weird one-on-one. Well, Nikos, uh, like the whole thing is like Damaskinos, who's the the head vampire. Yeah, um, is you like, can remember that, but yeah, you can't, can't remember, remember Nikos. No, no Mac, no Mac. No, uh, Damaskinos is like he won't get in here. It's fine. Oh no, he's got the <laughs> quick with the elevator, and then a uh, Nomak who is able to open up doors and yeah. jump and he do opens all sorts up of... the elevator doors. Yes, yeah. he goes to the elevator and it closes just as he's about to get there. And he's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> right, <laughs> opening up one set of elevator doors, no problem. A second set, ah, foiled again. So then, the, so Damaskinos goes up to like a a bank lobby. Yeah. Um, to escape on his helicopter. But oh no, these doors, like the, these uh, shutters come down. Mm-hmm. And Nisa, his daughter, who's with him at this point, is angry at, at, her, at, at her father because she didn't know that, that Nikos was her brother. Uh, Nomak was her brother. Yeah. And that he created them and uh, yeah. led them all. And they were all going to die. And yes. he didn't really care. It's yeah. a whole thing. He's a bad guy. Oh father. no, the vampire was a bad guy? <laughs> what, do you think you were on the side of good? It always goes back to that that the internet sketch. I don't remember. It's like with the two with the two Nazis talking to each other, and the one goes, "Do you ever think we're the baddies?" Oh, it's uh, yeah. Mitchell and Mi- Webb. Mitchell right? and Webb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we have skulls on our hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What if we're the baddies? What if we're the baddies? But yeah. So then, um, uh, Nomad comes and kills his father. Mm-hmm. You know, bites him in the neck. And he's like, don't worry. Green goop coming out of him. <laughs> Ecto cooler yeah. is what I called it. And uh, he bites Nisa. Yeah, and then Blade comes up, and the most ludicrous CG fight ever. Yeah, one of the most ludicrous CG it, fights it, ever. It's kind of unnecessarily CG. That that yeah. was kind of the music video aspect I yeah. was thinking of. I don't understand why all of a sudden it got very weird. I don't know if they were just trying to like. 
up the game a little bit because they had already fought and another just regular fight wouldn't have been climactic enough, but I... it just ended up looking very silly. Well, I mean, the fight choreography was actually very nice in it, but the problem is, is that they would pepper in this weird CG moments where like Blade would go flying overhead and it's obviously a CG Wesley Snipes. Right. That, that's what looked silly. <laughs> yeah. That was the main problem. And everyone was just like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, and it's all, and it's like early 2000s, so it's all dark, but with like a weird sepia tone to like the place. So it's like, you can't really tell that it's CG at first, but then you look at it and you go like, I'm in 2016. This doesn't work at all. Yeah. Um, eventually he is able to stab uh, Nomak through his special heart vagina mm -hmm. and kill him. Yeah. Well, Nomak kills himself because he, he feels... He finishes yeah, the job, yeah, because like, he's sad. It is done. Mm-hmm. Blade takes Nisa out, who's transforming into a Reaper, and she's like, I want to see the sun. Mm -hmm. And Blade is like, okay. Takes her out there, and she's like, I regret this! And <laughs> explodes. Uh, he's able to go away, and he and Whistler go back to be gruff with yeah. each other. Be gruff together. Yeah. Reaper problem solved. Yay! And then he goes to London and kills that uh, weird, gross dude in a porno theater yeah. from the beginning that we didn't mention. No, because it had no bearance it didn't on the matter plot whatsoever. And he wasn't yeah. important. Well, like my daddy said right before he killed my mom, want anything done right, you gotta do it yourself. All right, so production notes. So following the success of the original film, New Line and Marvel had plans to make a sequel. Yay. Yay. So who did they bring on board? Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Best known for his movies about the horror of the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> a natural fit for Blade 2. Um, he had done had, Mimic at this point. I was going to say had, well, he, yeah, and he had done um, some really good uh, like nineties, um, well, he had done like Spanish language yeah. sort of horror. No, that's the Spanish. That's the Spanish Civil War of Chronos right. and um and uh the the Devil's Backbone. The Devil's Backbone. And when did Pan's Labyrinth come that came out? out in like oh five oh oh six? I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled it up. So that hadn't come out yet. But. No. Um. So the 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 two bit. I think did he? No, he didn't direct the Faculty. That was um um Rodriguez. No, but he had done um. He done mimic. He had done right. mimic, which was his big one, and then he. Uh, the I don't know if there's any truth to it, but he really wanted to do Hellboy, mm -hmm. and they. The rumor is is that he did this movie in order to show studios that he could make a profitable comic book horror movie. Like he used this as his template to go up to New Line or whoever and say like, "Hey, let's do Hellboy." Let's yeah. do this. No, tr I, I looked, I, I, I spent like an hour maybe looking online, which is far more than anyone else should ever dig into something <laughs> like this. Right. But I, I wanted to make sure that it, it, there was, it was a substantiated rumor, but I didn't see anything necessarily about it. Um, it makes sense though, and I and Perlman was on WTF recently, and he talked yeah. a little bit about that and how Del Toro had kind of come to him. And said, you know, I'm doing this and I want you. And the studio uh, was pushing back a little bit. But he was like, I'm not doing it without yeah. Perlman. Perlman's my guy. And they ended up relenting. So maybe it was kind of the, I don't know, was this movie a success? or No, this movie was a big success. <laughs> okay. It was actually the most profitable of all the Blade movies. Well, there you go. All three of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh... The, the the interesting thing is is that Del Toro uh, Del Toro didn't do anything to the script. 
he pretty much left the script exactly the way it is, even with the ending, which is very unusual for a director to come on and not make any changes to uh, a, a script. Mm-hmm. You know, this was uh, Goyer and Snipes wrote the script together, which exp- explains why Wesley Snipes was able to catch his sunglasses in midair. Yeah. <laughs> because they, you know, be cool right now, David, is if Whistler throws me in my sunglasses and I catch him in midair without looking at him. That would be sweet. It'd be sweet. Um, yeah, he, he liked the comic book feel to it. Um, actually, one of the things I, I read is that an early draft of the script was actually contained, uh, it was not, uh, Nomak who was the, the monster, but it was a, it was going to be Morbius, Mobius, or it was not Morbius, I think is what he's called, the living vampire from the Spider-Man franchise. Oh, yeah. You I know, know I know that yeah. character. He's yeah. got suction cups on his fingers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, but they wanted to actually make a standalone movie with him, which goes to show that no one knew what they were doing. Yeah. Because um, that would be dumb. It would be a really stupid idea. I kind of vaguely remember him. This would have been earlier than that, but I kind of vaguely remember him being like slightly Deadpool-esque. Like he was a, like he was a character, like a obs- relatively obscure character that like... If you knew a little bit about comic books, like he was kind of like a cool, like he was just had. I think he just had like an interesting, cool look and concept. Yeah, because he was one of those. Like he probably had like a following. Yeah, I mean, there was at a, earlier than this, so not around this time, but like late nineties, early nineties. There was a, a a kind of weird Marvel imprint called Midnight Suns. It wasn't exactly an imprint, but it was like a series of books that kind of were interconnected. And mm-hmm. Blade, Ghost Rider. Morbius, um, Sons of Vengeance, I think was what one of them was called, or Spirits of Vengeance. They were all kind of interconnected, and Doctor Strange, I think, was in on this. So it was kind of like an X-Men series of books, but it was, you know... uh, So they were all together, and he was kind of in... Morbius was kind of in this whole circle, but he was also a Spider-Man villain. But kind of like a Spider-Man anti-hero, because he was never... He was always kind of like a villain, but at the same time, he was like a a kind of a hero. He was just kind of like that 90s, like, emo. Oh, yeah. That's basically what it was, 90s emo. (laughs) So they wanted him for this movie instead... Wearing thrift store t-shirts, two sizes too small, big thick horn rim glasses before everyone was wearing big thick horn rim glasses. Mm, No, he was probably wearing Janko jeans and a chain wallet. Um, He wouldn't be emo then. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I I don't really know 90s emo as well as as you probably. As well as I did. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I was was more into ska. Four words. The get up kids. (laughs) The get up kids. (laughs) If it didn't have a trombone in it, I wasn't listening to it in the 90s. That's true. (laughs) So... Yeah, they wanted that. So instead of going with a, a regular villain, they decided to go with a generic villain that has no real lasting impact on any of the movie. And no. that's where they went with it. But it actually did very well. It it uh, had big at the box office. Let's see if I actually have any of them. No, I don't actually have the take on it. But it's only at 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. But a lot of people love this movie. This is kind of like Spider-Man 2 in a lot of ways. Like People yeah. love this movie, and I think a lot of it has to do with... Guillermo del Toro's directing mm-hmm. more than Wesley Snipes' acting? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it more than the first Blade movie, but not by a lot. Like, it had a lot yeah. of the same sort of problems that the first Blade movie has, but it was, it just felt like a better version of the same movie. It was like, it was a similar formula. Yeah. Um, obviously, same kind of character as well, the same sort of two characters yeah. just just snipes and christopherson but um 
similar feel. It hit a lot of the same beats. It had a similar soundtrack, a slightly better soundtrack, because it wasn't all just junky XL. It was, <laughs> you know, actual, some actual songs. Yeah. I mean, like, I think one of the big differences between this one and the first one is, is like, this one was a, a much tighter plot. Like, it was, it was literally, like, this all could have taken place in, like, a 24-hour span. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, you know, it was... Oh, Blade makes contact with these people. They want to go kill the Reapers, and they go and do it. Yeah, it, there's no like big like seeking there out. There aren't you a know. lot of side subplots. Nothing's unnecessarily complicated. I there mean, was there no are little character thing interactions, but for the most part, it's a very straightforward. Let's go kill the and kill these yeah. bad guys. Yeah, there's no Campbell esque like refusal to call the action <laughs> or like anything like that. <laughs> right. You know, like there is, there is the the Merlin. Blade has a job to do. And <laughs> yeah. He's doing that job. Yeah, it's it's Whistler is kind of like his Merlin in a lot of ways and provides him with his gadgets and, and his magical sword his magical items but it's yes. about as, this is about as close as uh the hero of a thousand faces as we're getting inside of blade 2 pretty much yeah uh, it's and the directing is is very well done i mean it's it's not del toro's best in any stretch of the mm. imagination it's framed fairly well the action sequences are done all right for me del toro is always I never really pay that, especially with his more action-oriented stuff, you know, Pacific Rim and Hellboy stuff. Like, it's never... His appeal, at least for me, and what kind of makes him stand out has never his direction in the se- in, in that traditional sense of, like, the way he might edit or the way he frames shots, where he puts the camera, you know, how yeah. he chooses to focus. It's, oh, it's more... Um, it's always more... Of the the production design, yeah, that's true. It's it's his whole his mise- <laughs> It's his whole mise en scène, basically. <laughs> it's that. It's, <laughs> it's all of that together, um, and that's not really here. A little bit. It, I, I think it's I think it's because he's in uh, sort of a transition to english language films to big budget hollywood movies which yeah. he hadn't he, he had done mimic earlier i don't know how that responded that's been a long time since mimic, I've seen that, mimic didn't do well but it's one of the best that's movies more that, straight up sci-fi horror though. yeah it's one of the best movies that ever took place at the field museum so <laughs> no <laughs> wait that was go. relic i'm thinking relic oh okay. mimic is in the sewers of chicago i think the the great grandiose sewers of chicago <laughs> exactly I, yes. I, I, I could be getting things screwed up in my Maybe. head but it's, it's just it's, I haven't seen it's it. It's a great it Mira out. Sorvino vehicle. That's all I know. Yeah. I haven't seen it since it came out. I think ninety eight or something like that. You love been a me while. some Mira Sorvino. So I I don't feel like this has his this 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 doesn't look like a Del Toro film to me, which I think is fine. I don't know. If you look at the va- if the Reapers, they look a lot like his designs for the vampires in the TV show The Strain. Yeah, I did notice that the costume, uh, the the costumes and the and the makeup are are pretty great. Yeah, pretty good in this. Yeah, um, the lot- creature design on the on the Reapers is pretty good, yeah. despite how generic it kind of is at times. Yeah, where they just are crawling around and they all. Like, once they turn, I don't know why they all look the same. All yeah. the vampires look different. I don't see why the Reapers all have to look identical and become faceless I, and generic. I, you know, I, I agree with you on that. It's like I kind of felt like it took away from, like, how cool the Reapers could be yeah. by making them all this, like, weird Gollum-esque generic, like, oh, I'm crawling on the ground now. Yeah, <laughs> they become, right, they become animalistic, yeah. you know? And then, then, and then they're more disposable. And I don't know if that was... 
a choice to differentiate them from the vampires, but the vampires were so they were just they they had, they just looked like people for the most part. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had they were different races, they were different ages, they, they had, all had kind of their own. Well, look. they all had different tattoos. They all had different silly tattoos. <laughs> And oh, you're a vampire now. What tattoos are you going to get on your face? <laughs> right. Well, if you're alive for a really long time, I suppose eventually you're just like, well, let's do that. And plus, you never have to look at yourself in the mirror and see That's how true. dumb you look. <laughs> see how dumb you <laughs> with a face tattoo. This goes to show you how dumb people are who get face tattoos because they have to look at themselves. <laughs> at least vampires don't. It's not as bad Wait, as us we... having to look at them. Wait, I don't. I don't know if in the Blade series, if if like. If vampires can see their own reflections, they never go into up. that. Yeah, there aren't a lot. We of... need Roddy McDowell to go into this movie's <laughs> franchise and tell us exactly <laughs> with his little pocket mirror just to see <laughs> if Chris Sarandon is actually a vampire. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it was Chris Sarandon in Fright Night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Right. Yep. I always get him and Eric Roberts. I know they're not anywhere near alike, but I always get them confused. I can see that, but yeah. you were right. Yes. Okay. Uh, the... God. So yeah, it's. It, yeah, it takes away from a lot of that. I mean, from the from a production standpoint, he could have done a little yeah. bit more. I mean, like even if you had like four or five of them, like of the Reapers, kind of going around, it could have been interesting to make them a little more different, a little scarier. Yeah. Um, but it turns into Aliens, where you have Bill Paxton in the sewer <laughs> going, "They're coming up close, man. Game over." Yeah, and they're even crawling around yeah. on the ceiling. Oh, they they yeah. become that. They just become monsters. Which I I don't know. I mean, I guess it takes something like that for you know the idea of oh they've got to form this alliance to fight this worse enemy. But it's just they're not really that, that much really, worse. Yeah. Yeah, it it seemed, but I think Blade was just kind of rushed into it. He's like, just the other day I was looking for Whistler, Whistler and now I'm dragged into this. You know, it's like, uh, like it it's is, always something. It's always something. Yeah, there was no, and it was, I I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was. It got very generic y when yeah. it came to those type of action scenes. I mean, I always like Del Toro's fight scenes because they're not. He edits them kind of like that early 2000s action where it's like a lot of cuts, but it's never too much where you can't see what's going on. Yeah, this is pre-Paul Greengrass and The Bourne Identity. Oh, my God. Where that people absolutely love. I think that's a very love-hate thing because if you're someone like... Like, I never enjoyed it at all. And that's why I'm, I'm very lukewarm on the whole Bourne franchise because of that but there are a lot of people who are like i mean because he won the academy award for editing i yeah, believe, he did for that because people really went for his style the argument being that it it makes you feel like you're there it, it feels very like you're in the middle of this whirlwind of action i couldn't tell my head is usually between my knees trying to catch my breath exactly right <laughs> i go into those movies with an air sick bag <laughs> i don't drama mean just like well catches behind my ears wimps but yes <laughs> Yeah, it, there was a lot of cuts. I, I I would have liked maybe a little bit more um, decent, f- expertly done fight choreography, just a little bit to kind of see some action, some well, hand-to-hand stuff. I know Don, Donnie but, Yen, who, who, Ip Man, who's also in Star Wars Rogue yeah. One, who plays one of the one of the vampire, one of the blood pack, he actually was the fight choreographer for it. So it's like, if you've ever seen Ip Man, it's mm-hmm. some great fight stuff. Exactly. That's kind of what, I, I mean, you know, this doesn't have to be a martial arts movie, because obviously that's not what it is. But it would have been, I just felt like there was so much going on. I think part of the problem is, is that it was Wesley Snipes doing it. Wesley Snipes... <laughs> 
is like at this point 2003 is like steven seagal where it's like you you just can't do this anymore man you know you're too old for this you're you're not going to be able to to keep up with the young guys like that's why it's like all the faceless goons with the helmets attack one at a time because Wesley Snipes could not make it look believable that he's fighting off two or three guys at a time. Yeah, he was forty. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm thirty five and I'm just like I couldn't fight one guy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you win, you win. <laughs> Getting up in the morning that's a f- makes me have to take a nap. <laughs> it's, it's a fight I lose quite regularly. <laughs> yeah, it, and he's he's forty. Green he's in great shape, but it mm-hmm. just he's too slow. It's like he's he couldn't do it. And now he's, this is, what is it? Uh, this movie's been, came out in 2013. This is 13 years later. So he's 53 and he's still trying to play blade again in the Marvel universe. Yeah. It's like, no, Wesley, no, 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 no. Shh. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem, right? Maybe. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when you see like the other guys fighting off the vampires, it's a little more energetic, but still, I mean, and it's like, I, I that's why I feel this move. The the main hampering of this movie is is kind of Wesley Snipes. <laughs> he's just so, ugh. he's a, he's a little hammy, right? Oh, he's, he's a little so hammy with hammy. the uh, with a lot of the delivery of his lines. Like uh, I I sort of cr- cringed a little. I winced a little bit. There's a scene really early on. The, the guy that he kills in the end, the 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 bald vampire that you know he uses. Uh, Right that scene after he kills all the other vampires, but he lets him live, he turns around and it zooms in real close on him and he points at him real dramatically and he goes, catch you later. (laughs) And like the delivery is so, you're like, oh my God, dude, what movie are you in right now? Well, remember, this is insane. He goes, you ever hear the saying, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. It's like, yes, I've heard that. <laughs> it's like an old, old forgotten saying. Yes. Well, it's just like, and then Ron Perl, I mean, this script, Del Toro probably should have had someone do another pass to it. Because, I mean, like, what does Ron Perlman say? As my mommy, as my daddy said right before he killed my mama. <laughs> you know, if you're going to do something right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah, a lot of cliches <laughs> it's here. Just like, it's really bad cliches, too. It's funny that Goyer wrote this. I hadn't thought of that because I texted you right when I started watching it because Norman Reedus says out loud when I think his first line in the movie is the dark Knight returns. And I was like, wait, what am I watching? The the movie that we constantly think is the dark Knight rises. <laughs> it's a, a dark Knight constantly return. call it that yeah. on accident. I mean, this is sort a, of a weird moment. Yeah. I mean, and Goyer went on to write, of course. Right. Dark Knight, That's why Dark Knight I, returns. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. And he probably wanted to call it that. Yeah. And they're like, no. You're like, come on. I'm David Goyer. I wrote Blade 2. You ever hear the line, you keep your enemies' friends close, keep your enemies closer? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, and that's like, it takes away from it because you're like, this is supposed to be like some badass delivery, but it's not. Like, these guys, yeah. there's so much macho posturing with terrible lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Del Toro works better with his tongue firmly planted in his cheek, like Hellboy and Pacific Rim. Yeah. And even Crimson Peak has a Crimson lot of... Crimson Peak! <laughs> a lot of sort of silliness to it. Um, this movie definitely needed uh, a punch-up. It, it did, and it, it needed someone who knew how to write action star dialogue mm-hmm. to, like, get that, like, that... 
that line from The Simpsons with a dry, cool wit like this, I could be an action star. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it needed some dry, cool wit, and nothing was dry, nothing was cool, and there was no wit to any of it. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I can't help but liking some of it because I do. I did like. I, like a lot of the actors that were in it were actually pretty good. I mean, Tony Curran, uh, Donnie Yen, Ron Perlman, Chris Christopherson. How could you not like Chris Christopherson? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Norman Reedus was a little intolerable in this movie. But I, I, yeah. he, had, he had yet to get his hillbilly, like, sex appeal from The Walking Dead. <laughs> right. That really gross kind of, like, meth dealer. Like He might have still been practicing his American accent, too. Is, is he not American? I didn't know he was an American. Because oh, I think he's he's Irish, right? I mean, I, I have no idea. I think the way he talks in the Boondock Saints is his actual voice from Boston. <laughs> no, they they all have like Irish accents in that. Yeah, but they're like supposed to be from Boston or something like that, aren't they? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right I'm now. I'm actually not sure, uh, but I'm pretty sure. No, he was born in Florida. <laughs> so I don't know why he's. Well, he. he I mean, he is. It's because uh, English, Boon- Scottish, and Irish, oh. but yeah, yeah, maybe he was just trying to unlearn that then, rather yeah. than trying to learn an American accent. Yeah, I mean, like he, and of course, The Walking Dead, which premiered uh, was it oh nine to two thousand ten, something like that. Um, he became twenty ten. He, yeah. he becomes this like really dirty sex symbol in this, and I think he does so well because he doesn't talk in that show. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't and talk here, much. Here he's supposed to be this like stoner kind of like you know burnout yeah he's not yeah he uh, the casting choice was fine like i, mean, I he think looks he's like it he fine looks the part, yeah. for the part but yeah i i am with you and it's like oh no scud turned out to be you know uh there's any number of people who could have played this yeah. part it's not like we seth needed green. it <laughs> seth green i mean like he it's like oh no scud turned out to be the bad guy but blade already knew about it so that whole well and that's the okay this is the thing that drives me absolutely <laughs> up the wall about that's, this movie yeah uh, two more things okay this um the number one thing is all of like the twists that don't turn out to be like really that big oh it turns out that damaskinos had was the guy was the architect behind this whole thing yeah so, so did i don't did we even meet him before that scene I, I, or we probably did maybe I, I don't know but it's like so <laughs> what do, it does is that really of any consequence yeah exactly there's no consequence they that. had already decided they needed to kill the reavers yeah the reapers reapers reavers are reavers is firefly else. um it, and then it turns out scud is the oh scud betrayed him Oh. And then he exploded five well, seconds then, later. And then Blade is like, I knew. And then he explodes. I mean, and it's just right. kind of like, well, why did we even need to have this? Because Scud's appearance has nothing to do with yeah. the rest of the plot. That goes hand in hand with the needing to explain a lot of things that are, we just don't need to know about or care about. It it, it made no sense. What's like all the double the 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 twists and the double the you know backstabbing and everything like that. it had it was of no consequence so and it's like did blade and whistler sit there and talk about this beforehand did whistler know scud was a bad guy does you know it's like chris christopherson's just like god damn it i had no idea god damn it um that was one thing and the other thing is is once again we come up with another marvel movie where the villain is of no consequence yeah, it's a. They could have made such great choices with with Damasinos or or 
um, no Mac or any of those. Like they could have done something like if like, we joke, we do the voice like this. He's, he's all right. He's all right. He's joke around. <laughs> right. If they had actually played it like that, it might have been like really fun to watch. Yeah. Like if they had made him silly or or like maybe yeah. I, I don't want to say effeminate or something like that. No, but there's like an over seriousness that I I just it think didn't it didn't need the yeah. movie. Yeah. They they could have made it a little silly. They could have made it like ah whatever I don't care like they could have made him sound like Count Von Count for all I care and it could have been a little more interesting <laughs> right. like if he came out and he talked like this blah <laughs> like everyone like it would be like really funny we would be like I want more of him on screen sure. you know and then you know a Nomak it's just kind of like oh it's Nomak it's not one of the other faceless goons I didn't until that moment, I didn't realize that there were two of them. <laughs> that it wasn't it was just the same guy. Yeah. They were like, oh, I created him. Wait, he created... Oh, that's oh, a different that's guy. Right. Yeah. Oh. Until well, the moment when he was coming for them, I was like, oh, it's a different guy. <laughs> well, and the problem is, is that he's... Uh, oh, and that's the other great thing, is is when Blade is, is laying down there, he's like, no, Mac knows where you are now. And then the alarm goes off as soon as he says it. I'm like, oh, that's just convenient. Yeah. It'd be no, great if good. it like it had happened, like... Right while he said it, and he's like, damn it, not quick enough. <laughs> the alarm's going up. Novak knows where you are. The alarm's going up. What? I can't hear you. The alarm is going up. I said, Novak. I said, Novak knows where you I can't hear what? you. Novak must be here. Novak's outside. Novak's out. He knows where you are. Yeah, we know. The alarms are going <laughs> off. <laughs> Couldn't wait two more seconds. <laughs> but the, I need some cranberry juice. <laughs> Dying over here. But yeah, the, the villains are completely faceless, almost to the point where Nomak is essentially the exact same thing as all of the other Reapers that are around him. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that makes him different, or in any way it gives him a personality. Nope. Uh, just like most of this movie, there is no personality. All you, all of the personality is in how the person dresses. It's like, this guy's wearing BMX gear. This guy has Maori face tattoos. Exactly. This chick- personality is all external. Yeah, this girl looks like Amy Mann. This... <laughs> That's Ron Perlman, right? You know, <laughs> it's it's all silly. It doesn't. There's no consequence to anything in this no. movie. Yeah. Hey, strong bad. You like techno at all? If you do, what kind? Silent J. Oh, very clever. Well, it's not really my style, but I heard a techno song one time that went like doom, 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 and then this other part came in and it was like doom, doom. And then there's always some kind of high-pitched noise, you know, or like a siren that's like... And of course, they have to put in the obligatory old movie quote from some sci-fi movies like... The system is down. The system is down. The system is down. The system is down. The cheat is grounded. All right, top three. Yay! Top three. Our top three. Uh, so we, you know, Blade is not necessarily one of our uh, most favorite badass characters. I oh, think. Wait, hold on. Hope you recorded all that other stuff. I right? did. All right. <laughs> Top three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Blade, um, you know, he's kind of a badass, I suppose. I mean, you know, he certainly uh, is marketed that way. And he certainly markets himself that way. But He uh, does. Branding is very big to Blade. I don't, I don't know that, 
you know, he is one of uh, the great, you know, movie badasses of all time. So I thought, let's do that. Let's talk about, let's let's pick our top three movie, movie badasses. badasses. All yeah. right. So shall I go first? Go ahead. Um, one of my favorite movie badasses. Um, he's not quite a badass, but he treats himself like he's a badass. Um, it's from the Evil Dead series, Ash Williams. Nice. Um, as played by the chin himself, Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. who I got to see eating over at Morton Steakhouse this year at Chicago Comic Con. Oh. Um, if chins could kill, his yeah. would be his, he would need a license for his. Uh, he, he's great because he thinks he's a badass, and he's not. He's a silly, goofy guy, but for some odd reason, whenever the crap hits the fan, he's able to pull it out and comes out like a total badass. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the new Ash vs. the Evil Dead TV series, which I find fantastic, if you haven't watched it yet. Have you I seen have it yet? not, no. New season starts today. Oh, yes. nice. So I, I highly recommend watching it. It's a great continuation of Evil Dead 2. They pretend like um, Army, uh, of Army of Darkness. Darkness does not exist, even yeah. though Army of Darkness is fantastic. It's also it, great to watch because it you is know, its own thing. <laughs> because Sam Raimi loves to beat up Bruce Campbell, yeah, like in any way that he can. So, what is your number three? Uh, so my number three is uh, I guess you could have gone with any number of Samuel L. Jackson roles, Ooh. but I went with. Uh, Jules, Jules from Fault Fi- Jules Winfield. I can't even say the name of the movie. Jules Winfield. Jules Winfield. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they probably say his name yeah. at some point in the movie. I have absolutely no idea yeah. when it's said. The quintessential Bamf. Yeah, the guy, the yeah. number one guy. I mean, there is no shaking that guy. Uh, you know, Travolta, he could make the list too, I suppose. Definitely farther down, but uh, he's definitely has more weaknesses, I suppose. But Samuel Jackson, uh, Jules, when he decides that he's all in, there is no shaking anything that he's going to do. And then when he decides that that's it, he's out, Yep, then he's out. Uh, the the big Kahuna Burger scene, big is, Kahuna Burger scene, and the uh, the wallet scene in the, the diner. Yeah, love everything about that. Yes. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. I know one of your favorite movies. Yes. I think so. Uh, anyway, yeah, definitely yes. making the list. Yes, um, my number two is um, you need to get to the chopper. <laughs> Do it now. Is of course Dutch from Predator. I had to pick one Arnold Schwarzenegger before yeah. this. Um, I didn't want to pick Conan. Because uh, Conan is too badass to be on the list of badasses. Oh, you think? Oh, yes. Too much? Two snakes like these. Um, no, Dutch is, I think, more of a, a badass in terms of just dealing with the situation. He's a special, he's like oh, an Oliver North level, like, special forces agent working for a nondescript government agency mm-hmm. who's designed to take down South American narcos. You know, it's, it's, and he goes in flying with a team of badasses and of all the badasses that are on his team, he's the one who survives, you know? Yeah. You know? Two uh, two actors uh, in that movie, <laughs> two badass actors in that movie, would go on to be governors yes. of various states in this country. Because exactly. we are strange. And uh, if, if Carl Weathers ran for president, I'd probably vote for him. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You, you weak, Billy. They got you pushing pencils. <laughs> <laughs> and the mid-air arm wrestling. 
So fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, and you know, the fact that that mo- entire last half of that movie takes place in relative silence, like there's no dialogue, just yeah, makes it just even by better. Himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's able to take down the predator. Mm-hmm. The predator. The predator. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, um, Danny Glover takes him down in part two. So yeah, I couldn't. How tough could he really be? That, <laughs> that's probably why he's not number one. I think because yeah. it's like, well, after all. Well, you know, how, how, how tough do you really need to be? Who's your number two? Uh, my number two, we actually uh, danced around it a little bit when you kept making uh, references to uh, it being game over and the aliens oh. climbing around. Got Ellen Ripley. Ellen Ripley. I was going to say alien movie. Bill No, not Bill Paxton. That would be on the opposite list. I just, I just rewatched uh, True Lies the other day, <laughs> and Bill Paxton in that movie, he's hysterical. Is, if he, why he didn't win like Best Supporting Actor <laughs> is beyond me. He's so funny. That he is so perfect in that movie. Another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but yes, yeah. uh, Ellen Ripley in Alien. I, Ripley. I, in Alien or Alien or just the entire series? I guess all of them. I don't know. I mean, I really generally only acknowledge the first two. Um, I'd have to see the third one again. It's Fincher. A lot of people like it. I remember not liking it. I haven't seen it since probably before. But it's got Charles S. Dutton in it. I haven't seen it probably since before I like really was getting into movies so i wouldn't have known david fincher from anything from a hole in the ground um where this movie where that movie belongs um and then i know i've seen the fourth one and i do care yeah, that's the fourth one's with the basketball also I, I, also with ron perlman in that scene is he really yeah oh that's, see and the that. director the director that. of amelie <laughs> There you go. With script written by but I Joss like, Whedon. I yeah. like the first two a lot. That one, I that I actually remembered. But um, I, I I generally like the first two, and that's a that's a great. Um, she's one of those great, sort of like what you're saying with uh, with Schwarzenegger, the 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 quintessential kind of like. Um, okay, we have to deal with this. It's survival. Uh, I'm gonna get it done, and yeah. you gotta fight this uh, bizarre monster. She's, she's a great badass amongst badasses. That, that yeah. it's like it's kind of like a, a, a prerequisite is to be yeah. a badass amongst badasses. She's the go-to. Yes. Um, my number one is uh, a guy that w- he shows up quite a bit on this podcast. <laughs> it is John McClane. Yeah. from Die Hard. I knew. Yes. I knew that. Did you, is that your number one? <laughs> no, no. Okay. It's not my number one, but I had a, I had a pretty a big day. suspicion. I'm going to go take out. Got to walk on glass without shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> I like how my my impressions are just people describing the plot in their voices. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. I'm going to shoot a guy and put him in a chair, put him in an elevator. Um, I just, I like him because he's, he's badass because he's working class badass where it's like, he doesn't want to deal with any of this crap. He didn't crap. ask for this. He didn't ask for this. He's a regular guy. He's a cop. He, he's trying to deal know. with, you know, his wife. His wife's leaving him. His wife's giving him the sass. He's... <laughs> Gennaro. You know, it's like, it's like she took her maiden name back. He, yeah. He's just having a bad day. That's not a good sign. And then Hans Gruber came and screwed up his attempts at reconciliation. Mhm. Yeah. And of course through all of the Die Hard movies it just gets it gets more ridiculous as it goes on, but yeah. Die Hard 1 and 3 generally make it out to like well 2 he's badass in as well. Well 1 through 3 he's that's where he gets he's the most like kind of working class bad. 3 is a great diminishing ex- yeah. returns, you know, is usually the case with with a lot of sequels. Yeah. Uh no none more so than I believe the Die Hard franchise. You know, 4 is the weakest of the entire series, but five is 
pretty good return to form. It's mm. it's still a little overhyped. It's not quite as good. It doesn't it doesn't benefit from those eighties and nineties action directors like McTiernan and all of those guys. Yeah. Um but it's still pretty good action flick. Hmm. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Didn't see the last one. I yeah. saw I did see the fourth one. Live in, Free or Die Hard. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. We I might have seen it with you. Maybe. I don't remember. That's the one with Kevin Smith is a hacker. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. Justin Long. Oh, Justin Long. Please stop making us watch Justin Long movies, please. <laughs> well, Kevin Smith is going to keep making us watch Justin Long movies, apparently. All right. All right so what's your number one? Uh, my number one's a little bit of a cheat because it's two different actors in totally different movies. Uh, completely different. different. Uh, I shouldn't say eras. They're basically the same eras. But they're playing the same character, essentially. That is uh, Toshiro Mifune. As Yojimbo, oh. or in Yojimbo, that's not, of course, his name. I was going to say. And Clint Eastwood, in the man, the man with no name, in any of those movies, if you want to go with the first ones, really, really any of it, um, re, you know, the uh, a Fistful of Dollars is a remake of uh, Yojimbo, uh, same basic plot. Um, also, the Bruce Willis movie Last Man Standing is also a remake yeah. of those movies. Uh, underappreciated, but still pretty bad. But uh, that's the I think for me those guys are that's what you that's what you want. That's kind of the the almost like cartoonish like <laughs> badass. That's strong, silent, got his own moral code. Doesn't really even let you in on it, but it's kind of clear by the end of the movie what that moral code is. Yeah, that's what uh, everyone wants to aspire to, despite what Clint Eastwood might be like now in real life. <laughs> Talking to an empty chair. Uh, on that's a metatextual. Stage. We don't want to impose that on what is otherwise a great movie, great series <laughs> of movies. Um, Fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and of course, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Same character essentially um, doing that, and 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 uh, I, I think that's uh, I think that's my going to be my go to there. Cool. Both of us teaming up. You didn't tell me that you know Clark Kent. All right, so pick up just a quick thing on the comic book news. We're only a few weeks out from Doctor Strange. They're already pushing the uh, the Doctor Strange uh, experience. Uh, yeah, it's at like, Universal Studios. the the, the commercials <laughs> are the commercials are coming out, and they're kind of weird. They're like very different than what we've been seeing with a lot of it. Hmm. A lot more humor shown in the in the commercials might be a reaction to Suicide Spot. TV spots are almost always a little bit funnier because I think they're trying to just like. Because they're always much shorter than a regular trailer, so I don't know. I, I always find that like the TV spots are always just sillier, a lot more jokes. <laughs> yeah, they are very, very silly. Um, also, Agents of Shield is starting up the new season with Ghost Rider, <laughs> who's not riding a motorcycle. He's driving a ghost car. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, he's driving a ghost car. What? Yeah. So Marvel's attempt at at making Agents of Shield a a viable. TV show still no, <laughs> I bailed on that show. I'm I not. Mean, I'm not paying any I attention mean, to it. Could you think of a weirder cousin, cousin Oliver to have than Ghost Rider on your show? <laughs> cousin Oliver, yeah, or Roy. That's his name of the Simpsons. Roy, yeah, a Poochie. Ghost Riders, they're Poochie. <laughs> Kevin, 
We need we need it with some more edge. I don't know, kombucha or something. I have to go. My planet needs me. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Ghost Rider died on his way back to his own planet. <laughs> oh, just nonsense. That show got turned into nonsense. I, it just lost me. It, it just rambled on too much in season two. I I just I lost interest. Yeah. Um, Spider Man is currently filming out in Brooklyn. Hey, uh, hey Spider-Man Brooklyn. over here. Yeah, it was Zendaya or whatever. His name is Zendaya, right? Yes. I know they've been they released a couple of photos and they made it look like the Breakfast Club. So if you haven't seen those, it's kind of nice to see. I mean, it's a very multicultural cast, like with the main character still being the white male. So I mean, like <laughs> well, you can go so far, but you Shit. can't take away the fact that Spider-Man's got to be a white guy. Yeah, you know? no, you can't do that. Ugh, I just I wish they had actually made Spider-Man Miles Morales at this point. I think it would have been much more interesting choice. To make yeah um also uh um oh the blu-ray sales of of Mar- of batman versus superman are like through the roof yeah like like ridiculously high blu-ray sales like people are uh gobbling that up huh they gotta be i mean like you think about it any <sighs> who is the type of person who's still gonna go out and buy blu-rays <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it occasionally, but it's usually I, for a very specific reason. But it's the people who would be like really interested in seeing Batman v Superman are going to be like, once they're going, I'm going to go out and buy this Blu-ray or this DVD. Yeah. You know, the no one really does that anymore. Like most people just get things digitally. I don't know. I, I feel like people are still weirdly buying like CDs. <laughs> Like, at Walmart, exclusively. I think Walmart is the only place people buy CDs anymore. And Starbucks. But they buy them a lot. <laughs> uh, yes, you gotta, you still gotta buy CDs at, at Starbucks, because where else are you gonna find things like a Nora Jones Christmas album? <laughs> you gotta buy it there at the Starbucks. Oh, Nora Jones. Um, next week starts up um, the CW block of shows. We're gonna have Supergirl, yeah. Arrow, and Flash mm-hmm. coming back. Super excited with the Flashpoint storyline and bringing Supergirl into it. Um, me and my wife have been getting into constant fights about whether or not Melissa Benoist is actually supposed to be blonde in the Supergirl TV show. Mm. I think she's blonde. My wife will argue to her death that she is not blonde. If she's not blonde, what is she? She's a brunette, according to my, mo- according to my wife. Well, I, I, I haven't seen the show yet, so beyond the first episode, I, I, I will let, let me just Google it. Let's Google well, I know it right she now. looks like it, but my wife's argument is is that it's photoshopped in the pictures to look more blonde. But what about on the show? Is it photoshopped in every scene of the Well, episode? that's my argument, is that she's supposed to be blonde. She's That's what it looks like, but I don't know any of this stuff. Uh, but I, I'm more excited about it just because I think it's going to be a little bit better of a season. It's not going to be quite as CBS as mm-hmm. it was the first season. So we'll get a little bit more of that CW kind of. She looks pretty brunette there in that picture. Yeah. From CBS.com. Ah, she's supposed to be blonde. She's a blonde. And we're getting mm. Superman on, on Supergirl. We now, sure are. Which is finally it's better than what they're doing at Gotham. <laughs> Gotham came back. And it, no one knows what's going on on Gotham anymore. That show is just I only ridiculous. know one person who's watching it, and I don't think he can explain it to me. So, oh, man. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I had to bail on that one really early. I don't think I made it through the first season. 
and and that actually leads to what Kevin and I are going to be doing uh, next time on the podcast. We're going to be doing Luke Cage. Yes, we're dipping our toes into the Netflix Netflix. Series. Um, we're we're going to be splitting it up, splitting up the first six episodes, or first something like that. Yeah, yeah first six or seven episodes for the first episode, and mm-hmm. then the next one we'll finish them off. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting to to I, talk about. I can tell you guys a little bit of a hint on it. I watched the first two episodes, and I am in love with a lot of this show. Not, not. I can't give much more than that, but I am, fall, <laughs> I'm falling in love with a lot of what this show is selling me. It's probably going to be like every Netflix show, where it's going to be like, nah, I wasn't really into it, and then somebody's going to tell you, well, just get through like the first eight episodes. <laughs> just watch the first like eight hours. And then it really gets good. <laughs> well, my my biggest problem with all Netflix shows, and I'm kind of dreading this with Luke Cage, is that those shows should only be 10 episodes. They should not be 13 episodes. Those, those extra three episodes are what make you go, oh, God. <laughs> this is still happening. There's always like one or two filler episodes where you're just like, holy crap, why is this in here? Yeah, just like a flashback episode. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. Like a flashback that. episode. Yeah. Or a whole episode dedicated to a side character. Yeah. That you're like, I don't care about this character that much. Yeah. You know, this is stupid. A day in the life of the sidekick. Yeah. You know? Oh, they and almost, that's what happens. And about half of Daredevil sees this season do. <laughs> true. Yeah. Oy. But anyway, so stay tuned next week. We'll be doing Luke Cage. So catch up on that. At least the first six episodes. Yeah. Got two weeks to watch him. So it shouldn't mm. be a problem. Blade 2. Blade 2. Electric um, Boogaloo. I, I liked it more than Blade. I want to say I gave the first Blade maybe a C, C plus. Um, I give this a B minus. Um, I liked it. I I'm, liked it fine. I'm giving this one, I'll probably give it a B minus too. I, I originally came into it thinking of like a B. And but then it's like the more I talked about it, the more I'm like, God damn, this script is just awful nonsense. <laughs> it's 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 just very it, it feels very rough draft. It does. Like it, it feels like someone needed to polish and not even polish it. A lot of that script needed to be thrown out. A lot of it was great. I liked the idea that it was very compact. It was very short. They didn't try and shove in multiple storylines. Mm-hmm. A love. They kind of had a love interest, but it was like... Yeah, but you never got the sense that it was going to... It never even really impacted the story. There no. was never even that moment where it was like, oh, I'm not going to kill her because I love... Like, he just never had to. That was never an issue. He wasn't yeah. even there when she died. No. <laughs> I mean, he was, was there, there when she died at the end, but like when she was getting attacked. Yeah. Like, he, he wasn't like, no! Right. There was never that moment. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it, it felt juvenile in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. like very, very, like, a teenage boy wrote this. Yeah. Um, which is probably why it did so well amongst teenage boys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I, I really think Del Toro's directing helped out a lot. And, and art design did a lot for it. It felt like it was real. Like, it had a real place. Um, it, it felt kind of like it fit into the Blade mythology if you will. In so far as, yeah, the first film, it definitely felt like a straightforward sequel of the first film. And a lot of the dialogue I did like, I mean, aside from the, as I, as we were talking about, like the, the cliches, but 
when Chris Christopherson was swearing, it was some of the most inventive swearing I've ever heard in a movie. <laughs> nipplehead? Nichols my nipplehead. <laughs> called Ron Perlman a nipplehead. Where does that even come from? His I'm head doesn't look sure. like a nipple. I guess maybe with the bomb on the back of it, it kind of looked like a nipple, but I don't think that's what he was referring to. <laughs> All right, so go to planetarbitrary.com for all your Planet Arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Planet Arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at... At K. White Says. You can like our Facebook page, Comic Book Logic. Um, you can also help out our podcast by like, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes. Give us the five stars. That's all we ask of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you, you can also listen to our sister podcasts, uh, Play On Podcast, which is all about video game, and... Uh, Game Classy, which is all about the tabletop games. We'll be doing an auction spectacular next episode. So, ooh, ooh auctions. Um, so, Kevin, until Luke Cage. God damn it, nibblehead. <laughs> Comic, what, logic. <laughs>